Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Bonjour tout le monde. Hello, everybody. It's the uh, Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I've wanted to do that for a long time. I don't know why. Je parle français, un peu anglais, and uh, here we go. Later on in the hour, Duff Conacher is going to be with us from Democracy Watch, co-founder, and he wants to have the Federal Ethics Commissioner, Mary Dawson, investigated. Meanwhile, the Ethics Commissioner wants to speak to Bill Morneau over his stock trades in 2015. Dov Conacher says the Ethics Commissioner has since 07, when she was appointed, cleared 95% of individuals accused of unethical behavior. 95%. Big number. He also questions the uh, Trudeau government has issued Dawson three consecutive six-month extensions of her contract, each is worth $100,000. So the question is, is the Ethics Commissioner at least somewhat beholden to the Trudeau government. So we're going to do that uh, later on in the hour. Uh, there was, there were some incredible exchanges between uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Andrew Scheer this week in Parliament. Mr. Speaker, CSIS warned the Liberal government all the way back in 2015 that returning ISIS fighters were a continuing and real threat to Canada. They warned that Canadian citizens were recruited by ISIS, quote, not because they needed more foot soldiers, but because they want to teach the Westerners to take the struggle into every neighborhood and subway back home. So ISIS specifically trained Canadian fighters to come back here and terrorize our community. And the Liberals knew about it for over two years. So why is the Prime Minister so focused on reintegration services and not putting these people in jail? This government, like all governments, takes uh, extremely seriously the safety of Canadians, and that's why everything we do is focused on keeping Canadians safe. And we know uh, that a society uh, that uh, is, is safe is one in which uh, we are uh, using a broad range of tools to keep Canadians safe. Yes, we have enforcement, surveillance, and national security tools uh, that we use to a significant degree, but we also have uh, methods of uh, de- uh, de-emphasizing or de-programming uh, uh, people who want to harm our society, and that's the things we have to move. Where is just going up? Oh, was that the end of it? 
Son of a gun. Uh, Michelle Rempel is with us, conservative member of parliament from the Calgary area, city of Calgary. Always good to talk to you, Michelle. What was it like to uh, observe the or be part of that ex- those, these series of exchanges that have taken place this past week between Mr. Trudeau, who I have no idea how you de-emphasize a, a terrorist, by the way. He'd have to explain that. But what was it like to be part of that? Well, I, I guess it's not so much about me. I, I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who has um, survived the violence of ISIS, uh, such as the many Yazidi genocide survivors that are now in Canada. And, you know, to, to hear that and to hear that that's the priority or the first thing that's out of the prime minister's mouth after we ask about, you know, bringing people to justice for their crimes and security, I think it's a little, I think it's a little misguided. Yeah, he also brought up the issue of Islamophobia uh, after a question asked by your leader and how he managed to bring Islamophobia into answering a question about how terrorists entering the country are treated, uh, I, I didn't quite understand. Is is the is the mood as confrontational in Parliament as it appears to be to those of us who are observing what's going on in question period, and then hearing comments later on? Um, certainly, it was a hot week in Parliament for sure. Uh, with regard to that particular comment. Um, I, you know, it, for anyone who's listening and, and kind of wants to put this debate and that exchange in context, I encourage them to read a book that was recently released by um, a Yazidi survivor. Her name is Nadia Murad. Um, because she talks about, after surviving some really terrible things, to put it mildly, her desire to... And what sustained her at certain points was bringing these people to justice. So when you when you talk about, you know, well, how Canada is treating people that have chosen to go and fight to support the ideology of the perpetrators of genocide, uh, these people are complicit. And our first response as a country should be to reject their ideals, um, to not excuse them away to reemphasize that we need to seek justice and then ensure that we're doing so while keeping Canadians safe. Um, I don't really think that that's partisan. I don't think that that's something that there should be debate over. That particular exchange should have been something where it was very calm and fact-based. The Prime Minister should have responded in kind. Um, there's a lack of statesmanship there, but to me that's secondary to the fact that um, completely missing the mark is putting it mildly. Um, there's, there's moments in your life when you have to stand up for what's right and stand against what's wrong. And uh, I think that that was missed in that exchange. Yeah. Uh, this Prime Minister, of course, also in 2015 made it clear that if he were elected to lead the country, he would scrap uh, Bill C-24, which allowed for the removal, the rescinding of Canadian citizenship of uh, a dual citizen who was convicted of a terrorist act. And he went ahead and did that, of course, with Bill C-6. I just don't quite understand sometimes, or generally, what it is that he's, the point he's trying to make to Canada about, about terrorists, and in this case, particularly the ISIS members who left this country illegally, to go and fight with them. And as you say, 
there are so many victims, so many thousands and thousands and thousands of victims who suffered horrifically at the hands of this organization to have any kind of uh, interest in the well-being of the returnees without putting them, without creating a, 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 a quotient of uh, of prison time and, and responsibility is, it just, it's awful. It really, it defies description. It's awful. Well, and this is why when our former government learned about the threat uh, that and the fact that there were Canadians who were leaving the country uh, or potentially thinking about leaving the country to go and join ISIS, uh, we put in place legislation in 2013 uh, to make sure that it was very clear from a legislative perspective that it was a crime to attempt to leave the country uh, or leave the country to, to, to essentially join a terrorist organization. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we also looked at things that how can we boost up um, our frontline counterterrorism efforts. The, what, you know, we haven't touched on this, but... Um, Really, where, where, where that exchange got so heated was when we raised early in the week the fact that um, the government wasn't being entirely forthwith with us on how many people they were surveilling in Canada and what the surveillance activities kind of look like. The police responded by saying, well, we're funding this center for, I, I can't even remember the acronym, but essentially uh, saying, you know, we're, we're trying to provide rehabilitation support for, for, for returning ISIS fighters. Later in the week, it was reported that this center, you know, even if you want to discuss reintegration support, which I think a lot of people take sort of offense as that being the, the first response to, it was revealed that this center doesn't even do any inter direct interventions with people that are identified as having been radicalized. Um, they're more of a general center that's been uh, funded to, to develop things like poetry uh, about ISIS um, and podcasts. Um, so, you know, I think, um, I don't know, I, 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 of course I know, I, I just, I have, I have sat in room, I sat in a room with a woman in Toronto, Roy, about a month ago, and she um, had just come to Canada after having survived um, being sold dozens of times by ISIS, and she told me her story, and um you know, I said to her, I said, do you want justice? Are you seeking justice? And she's like, yes, I'm seeking justice, but no one will listen. For anyone in Canada who has gone to join this group, they are complicit in her rape and in her the genocide of her people. And the world has to start understanding that our first and foremost responsibility is to bring these people to justice. I understand that, you know, there are efforts to make sure that we have to have efforts to make sure that people do not fall into radical ideology. But these are people who have consciously decided to go and take part in a group that has committed genocide. And as a, if a, as a country, we're not standing behind our laws and making it our first priority to bring these people to justice. We're not just doing something wrong. We're failing justice in general. And that's something that the Prime Minister has to answer for. Yeah. Um, there are times when words fail when you try to describe what's going on because you know what's going on with other countries we're looking at this reality of their returning citizens who joined ISIS, and they're they're reacting completely differently to the way this country's reacting. And I frankly uh, object to them being called fighters because that almost legitimizes what sure. they did. They were terrorists. They're terrorists. Yes, I agree. And you know what? Um, that's the insidiousness of 
what the Prime Minister has done, right? Because, look, it's crept into my lexicon, and it shouldn't be there. They're terrorists. Absolutely. And what do we, you know, people that commit acts of terror, I mean, how many, they need to be brought to justice. They need to be surveilled to make sure that they aren't keeping Canadians safe, and they need to face the full force of Canadian justice. And, you know, it was just disgusting to me to sit in the House of Commons this week to watch the Liberals say, oh, well, Harper government, like, trying to to deflect it somehow outside of their responsibility. When the laws that are in place there, we've put in place, and they've put in place bills to water those laws down. We're debating bills in the House of Commons, and bills that have passed the House of Commons under this government have watered down our ability to do that. That's up to them to answer for. And, you know, I don't think the Prime Minister has the courage to listen to the survivors of, of this violence. Because if he did, I don't know how somebody with the soul couldn't help but be affected. You know, I, I stood in the House of Commons this week and, uh, you know, sort of made this exact same case. Uh, Bill Blair, uh, one of the MPs, former, I think he was Toronto City Police Commissioner or something like that, you know, he said, well, we can't have tough words. Tough words don't do much. And I'm going, um, where, where are we on this as a country? Like, where, where are we? Like, if we're not really clear on, on, on where we are, no. in, our, in our language and in our actions, um, we're on a slippery slope to a path that I didn't want to be on. And um, it's one of the, it was one of those moments this week when you realize you probably have to fight, I probably have to fight harder than I thought I was going to have to. And I think that Canadians have to be very concerned about this, and they have to raise this issue uh, very loudly. People can't be silent on this. If we're not silent on this, we are complicit, and that's the problem. You know, Michelle, it occurred to me earlier in the week, and this is really why I wanted to talk about it this uh, this week, this weekend. Not just the exchange between Mr. Shearer and Mr. Trudeau, and Mr. Trudeau said, which was so so disturbing, but we all have mental pictures. We all have pictures in our mind's eye of acts that ISIS committed because we've seen them on television screens. We've seen what they've done. We know what they've done. And it's so horrific that to not just universally condemn the the, the terrorists and to completely support the victims and 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 have the victims front and center in in your in your in your consciousness regardless of what your political philosophical persuasion is is unthinkable to me and yet you have people who will stand by the frankly um, banal chatter of Mr. Trudeau but I'm I'm sure there's an agenda that goes with that there has to be he repeats himself too frequently uh, is is just uh, is just unthinkable. Do you have a couple of minutes longer? You can stay with us. Uh, sure. Okay. Let me take a quick break. I want to come back and and ask you about something else that went on when you brought up the issue of uh, female genital mutilation in in Parliament and uh, where it's been removed from a guide for newcomers to Canada. But this is this was this has been a week of of confrontation in in our Parliament over an issue where there should be unanimity. We'll come back. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
So our prime minister objects strenuously to a direct call for individuals who joined ISIS to spend some time in prison. 800-263-2428 is my number. We'll be taking calls in a few minutes' time. 1-800-263-2428. So what is your point of view about what should happen to the individuals who come back to this country who left to join ISIS and became members of ISIS, a terrorist organization? What should happen? Oh, people say, well, we have to have evidence before we can take them to, uh, to, to court. What do you think should happen? 1-800-263-2428. Michelle Rempel is with me, a conservative member of parliament from Calgary. Michelle, you brought up the issue of female genital mutilation in, in parliament. I think it's important that we find out what, what was the context and what happened. Sure. So a couple of things. Uh, right now, it's the 16 days to end gender or activism against gender-based violence. Um, so there's an, a whole bunch of issues under this particular heading, uh, you know, gender-based violence is um, abhorrent, um, but female genital mutilation is a practice by which um, it's exactly what it says it is. It's, um, you know, it's essentially, it's more gruesome than talking about female circumcision. It's, it's removal of women's body parts. Uh, over 200 million women worldwide are currently living with this, and um what we've been trying to do is ensure that this practice doesn't uh, come to Canada. This year, we've heard two things. First of all, that the CBSA, the Canadian Border Services Agency, is on alert for practice practitioners of FGM. Um, we know that they are coming to Canada. And we also know, uh, this is also reported, that Canadian girls are being forced to go abroad to have the practice contained. So um, a few years back, when we were still in government, we added language to Canada's citizenship guide that clearly outlines that this is a crime, that this is abhorrent and not tolerated in Canada, that this is a barbaric practice. Uh, earlier this year, the Liberals um, announced their intention to remove this language from the citizenship guide, and indeed a leaked copy of the citizenship guide uh, was found to have this language removed. Uh, so during the 16 days of uh, action against gender-based violence, we're calling on the Prime Minister to reverse this decision. Uh, you know, he's uh, very loudly on the international stage uh, proclaimed that, uh, you know, he's a feminist and that he supports women's rights. So I find it completely out of lockstep with those words for him to remove um, language from a document that really... Uh, Michelle, I'm, I'm sorry, we only have about 20 seconds before we have to sure. break, so go ahead, please. I'll just finish quickly. Uh, we want him to reverse this decision. Um, this is, to me, it's crazy. It, it, information is power. Women understanding what their rights are, especially in this country, is important. And we have a petition that has over 14,000 signatures in a very short period of time to get him to reverse this decision. Okay. And we'll be pressing hard for him on that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. Take care. All the best. Michelle Rempel, Conservative Member of Parliament from Calgary. 1-800-263-2428. What should happen to the ISIS returnees to Canada? Give me a call.